Welcome back to the Sandlot. Nine minutes at a time. Nine chase minutes at a time. No, we have we have some dialogue. We have some action here. I am one of your hosts, Tierney Steele, and I am joined by Rachel Mummert. Hello. And it's reunion week here on the Sandlot <laughs> because we have Doris, who did American Graffiti, One Song at a Time. <laughs> hi, hi. Hi from Germany. Welcome back. And we have Megan, who co-hosted Mash Minute with me. Hello. As well as many other <laughs> one-off things. <laughs> yes. We're very good at those. Mo- when they do Movies by Minute projects where they rotate hosts, somehow... Oh, yeah. Somehow we always end up on them. We always <laughs> end up on them. And they us come back on. <laughs> <laughs> even the movies where we see it announced and we're like oh i don't know anything about that movie i guess we won't do it this time and yet somehow we always <laughs> end up there so um <laughs> it is great to be podcasting with three of my favorite female podcasters today <laughs> to talk about part 10 of the sandlot uh part 10 begins with the showdown between the beast and benny and it ends with James Earl Jones. So big day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great set of minutes here we have. Yeah. Action packed. <laughs> <laughs> we have this Silverado reference right at the beginning to, to just yeah. kind of mention <laughs> yes. the group project now. Yeah. That's true. The music is really westerny. It is. And it's it's definitely our western moment. It's definitely the high noon showdown thing. Mm. But it also reminded me especially the way he grabs the ball and turns one thing that i learned doing this podcast i don't think we've really talked about yet is the whole fact that there originally was this big subplot paralleling benny the jet rodriguez and maury wills who was an la dodger who in 1962 set a new record for stolen bases in a single season and so apparently a couple of actors talk about how there was all this dialogue and all this stuff setting up the parallels between wow. Benny and Maury Wills, and it's just gone. Gone. Whoosh. That would have been cool to ha- kept, keep that in there. Had, had then, never heard that before. <laughs> yeah. The ending of the movie, where Rodriguez actually steals um, the base, that makes a yes. lot more sense now. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things, like, when you see, and then the way they always had him doing the pickle and getting out of it, and then here, the way he, like, goes down to grab the ball and then gets back up, and Maury Wells was known for his speed, so it just, it, it, Tickled me to to see that action here right at the top. And I love the motion he does with his uh, PF flyer. He gets his foot, you know, he does the little <laughs> dig yeah, in, with like... the, in the dirt with it. <laughs> his brand new PF flyers. Brand new PF flyers. I would out like to point out, once again, they get <laughs> the ball. All these ball rescue attempts have worked. They just have not ended up with them holding the ball. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I just wanted to make that clear right at the top. And yeah. before we start running. And None of the Ruth Goldberg stuff worked. No. Nope. The but they would have, if they had just been like a little faster or if the yeah. beast had not been able to jump as high. They or if Yaya would have just held on to it. He actually oh he touched it, but he didn't. I know. <laughs> yeah. And the then closest. Betty is running with it and i'm like he's just chasing you bud like pass that to smalls real quick that's exactly <laughs> what i thought i'm like why wouldn't you just toss it like play, play a game yeah. of hot potato or keep away <laughs> diversion <laughs> <laughs> 
But no, we have to have a big chase scene. So before we do the big chase scene, I wanted to ask, because I, I feel like I know both our guests fairly well, and I'm guessing that The Sandlot was not like a go-to must-watch movie for you guys <laughs> growing up. Actually, this was the first time I ever watched it. Hmm. So, but guess I would have liked it as a kid if I had seen it as a kid, but I'm like 20 years too old. <laughs> yeah. Having seen it as a kid. What'd you think overall? I mean, it's very much a kid's movie, but was it at least an enjoyable couple of hours for you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I like the Bad News Bears, and it's very much mm. in the vein of that, so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Uh, what about you, Megan? So, I I think I told you, Terry, when you asked me to be on that, I'm like, I've never seen this movie. And <laughs> no, I, I it was a little too vaguely familiar. Okay. Particularly the part in here where they go through the fair. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, wait a second. I yeah. I think I might have seen this. And then when James Earl Jones <laughs> comes out, I'm like, oh, oh, I. So I don't know if I saw it in theaters or not, but I have a feeling at some point as a kid, I did see this. But maybe not like all the time. But it was enough where I was like, I think I... Because I feel like I saw every other baseball movie that came out in the 90s. Maybe you caught it on TV and you just caught the end. That's why you That's only true. recognized it from here on. Because I was thinking like, oh, and I think I told you, Charity, this crazy story. When you first asked me to be on, I was like, I think I thought I was getting confused with Mighty Ducks. And I told you this mm -hmm. crazy story of going to the 99 cent movie theater to see Mighty Ducks and all the parents being upset because <laughs> they showed, I think My Ducks is what, PG in America? Yeah. Like the rating. And they were showing like R previews. And so oh, I have this wow. very oh interesting memory of Mighty Ducks, which to be fair is a sports movie, but of like parents being like, don't watch this, look away, you have to look away. <laughs> and not because something bad's going to happen per se in the movie, like, don't yeah. look, it's going to be bad, they're not going to make the goal. It's like, there be like titties on screen. <laughs> and so... Uh. <laughs> That's a very different experience. Yeah, we do have an we do have an S bomb in this scene. So yeah. Ooh, that's true. one of the infamous swears. <laughs> yes. Well, totally, totally justified swear. Yes. Kids swear. I feel like we're in very deep denial about that. <laughs> yeah. As adults. But like I definitely like middle school, there was a phase where it's like, I'm gonna say all the words. And then you realize, like, okay, I've said them and the thrill is gone. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I mean, this guy has a, a giant of a dog coming at him. I mean, <laughs> that S word is at the right place at the oh, right time. Oh, definitely. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and as someone who has uh, shown this to kids who I needed to bleep that, I very much appreciate the very long buildup of the, oh, so that I know to hit mute. <laughs> <laughs> and then I can unmute and we have not missed any dialogue. <laughs> it just comes from there. <laughs> Very easy to avoid when showing this movie to children. <laughs> it's great. I can only show it to a dog, and I don't think he'd appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> did, did Chewie get delusions of grandeur watching this chase scene? Like, oh, dogs rule the world. <laughs> he actually snored through it because... <laughs> it's like, that's not realistic. I, I know a lot of dogs react to other dogs on the TV or stuff. Mm -hmm. He doesn't. He never does. Okay. He only reacts to dogs walking outside the window. So if you hear him bark, it's because another dog is outside. <laughs> He's smart enough to know, like, hey, that's television. That's not yeah, real he, he life. <laughs> he does not react to the television at all. This scene, uh, first of all, we have Star Wipes. Hello, Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> this, it, this chase scene is also the scene that saw, like, half the 
kid actors in this movie pass out from heat stroke. And you notice every time they stop, you can see the patches of sweat on their shirts. Yeah, especially (laughs) Ham. I know that can be done. Just, you know, the makeup artist runs over and puts a sweat spot on. But I think these are legit sweat spots because at least... Two, if not more kids, had to be treated for heat exhaustion. (laughs) And they said it was specifically this scene where they're just running in the heat. (laughs) Exactly. And and they're doing a lot of running. And now imagine them doing three or four takes of the same stuff. Oh, yeah. (sighs) And you can see, like, when Benny comes over and they pat him and that dust rises up, you just, (laughs) you know how dry and hot that scene was for that to happen. I mean, that's not like when... uh, when Tommy oh, and Timmy came out of the um, vacuum and explosion and like they had loaded him up with dust to be comedic. I mean, that's just like, that's, that's what that actor had on his shirt when they did it. So the chase starts with, I, we will eventually get to the picnic and they'll stop my favorite song. The Surfaris, not Safaris, Surfaris wipe out. It is technically anachronistic, but I think we'll let it slide because it was released in January 1963 and it was recorded <laughs> in 1962 in Cucamonga, California. So I mean, like... We're so close. Yeah. <laughs> We're so close. There, yeah. <laughs> there are a couple of things like that. If you if you read through the IMDb stuff on that movie, mm-hmm. so many things that are not from 62, but watching it, who cares? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They did good. And the, the drum riff already existed, sort of. This is so... Wipeout was written very quickly because it was just supposed to be a B-side. It wasn't supposed to be the hit. Yeah. The drummer was Ron Wilson. And so basically this drummer is his drum cadence from his marching band sped up. Mm. I'm really confused on the timing because it mentions that he was still playing in a high school band in 1962. Their parents had to drive them to gigs because none of them (laughs) had a car. (laughs) Remember remember on, on American Graffiti, we had a whole lot of that. For my yeah. high school band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is and then and then the next year they have this huge hit that just took over, became like the yardstick for every drummer in the 60s to be able to play the drum solo on Wipeout. Inspired by guitarist Dick Dale. Wow. It was the drummer who inspired their biggest hit. The drummer for Dick Dale most recently was one Jerry Porter of <laughs> Indiana Jones Minute. Hi, Jerry. <laughs> Who, unfor- well, not unfortunately, he can do whatever he wants, but um, <laughs> Jerry was not a surf drummer. Like, there's very distinct, like, there are people like me who got into it because they listened to the Beach Boys too much growing up. And they're like, give Dennis Wilson a chance. He's doing his best. Dennis Wilson's not actually a very good drummer. Um, but <laughs> some of us are rooting for him, damn it. And uh, it's so funny because I would start geeking out about all this stuff when Jerry played for Dick Dale. And he's like, I, I learned what I needed to learn. <laughs> like, this is not... <laughs> <laughs> he didn't come to it like he didn't hop off his board onto the beach and like be like yeah Aww. man let's go play Wipeout like he has an actual musical education <laughs> and that's for a guy who lives in LA come on <laughs> so again I mean this is not indigenous music this is not the music they're listening to when they're in the film mm-hmm. so no doesn't matter if it's a year later or something yeah it's close enough and um megan i saw future you the grandma with her fins on her car <laughs> i love that yeah car with fins yes. <laughs> i want rocket tips so bad i just i love that we see the car and then we see who's driving the car and i was like oh my god <laughs> it's a grandma yeah. like, someday someday <laughs> The only thing that's missing is the nun in the car. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I love like um, when they are going through that one alley and um, mm-hmm. Benny's kind of, you know, trying to throw things <laughs> to distract him. Like we get the beast eyes view of the chase. Yes. <laughs> trash can left, trash can right. <laughs> the POV. I'm kind of amazed. I do not know many dogs who wouldn't stop to sniff. I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is one determined dog. He has focus. He also has the focus uh, that drives me nuts to realize that there's a continuity error. Good job, the beast. When Benny runs into the auditorium, the little, you know, the The rec hall where they're showing the movie, he actually does leave that door open. But the door is conveniently closed so that we can have this dramatic, the beast jumping through the window. I love this part because I looked it up because I've always wondered. And I looked it up, and it's a showing of the Wolfman from 1941 oh, yeah. with claws. The werewolf can only be killed with a silver bullet. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love that the beast bursts through the screen right as the transformation begins. So it's like, here's the werewolf, and it's like, it's like you go to one of those like 4D shows, and it's like <laughs> he's jumping out at the screen at you. <laughs> yeah. He has this Kujo moment right there. Yes. Yeah. So the Wolfman 1941 is a uh, Lon Chaney Jr. Bella Lugosi's in it. All the stereotypes are there. Yeah. The best thing though is the trivia is um the wolf that the character fights was um Lon Chaney Jr.'s own German Shepherd, which I just find adorable. And now I need oh, to go right. watch this movie. Obviously, <laughs> I know. It makes. <laughs> it's a really good cut back and forth with the chase and the Wolfman. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also kind of like a, a lost opportunity. I mean, imagine all the people watching that werewolf and there's this <laughs> giant dog leaping out at them and the mayhem that sh- should ensue now. And it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone is asleep, right? <laughs> they could have had all those people running from the auditorium, running through the Founder's Day. Yeah. We could have yeah. had like a whole crowd of people running through there. Maybe uh, it's an auditorium without AC and it's such a hot day you, that they're man. really all asleep at this. I'm asleep. telling you, it's a yeah. hot day. Those projectors, it's warm near the projector too. Ooh, like man. those are hot. And so <laughs> yeah. could you just imagine being in a hot, warm, quiet room? I mean, I'm having flashbacks to grad school. Sorry, every teacher who I started to fall asleep <laughs> with on in grad school. Because you're in these rooms with no air conditioning. And I had a class right after lunch. And I, I actually, like, at one point was talking to the professor about something else. So I was like, I, I really I really do like your class. It is really interesting. I swear to God. Like, I didn't want to, like, point out the fact that I've been falling asleep in his class. <laughs> I used to have that problem all the time in, in like, the class from two to four. Oh, yep. Mm, yeah. Yep. It's like, mm-hmm. this is siesta, boys. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, the Founders Day picnic just reminded me of how I can't watch baking competitions because the stress of moving the cake at the end <laughs> drives me insane. It's so unnecessary. The judges could just walk around to the different tables. No mm-hmm. British baker for you, then. No, I can't handle it. And then <laughs> sometimes they do fall. Anyway. And- that's why I can't watch it. I'm like, why are you intense outside? This is and it's raining and it's thundering. Like your meringue's not going to rise, and you could get electrocuted. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't do it. But that's not how I want to watch you go. That's not how I want to go. I just can't. I do appreciate all the amazing like images with captions that the British Bake Off has given us, or all those competitions. But yeah, and the same with uh, the Lego shows. The, oh, the judges yeah, could just walk around. You don't need to carry them to somewhere else. 
<laughs> it makes me so, so, so stressful. And and so I'm going to join Ham in trying the cake. I've determined. We just said all the time. Did you notice? <laughs> I would do the same thing. He always goes back and like pokes his fingers into something. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, hey, there's food. I need some. I love frosting, so I would do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, the cake doesn't actually look that good once it comes tumbling down from the sky. <laughs> yeah. It's just plain. Yeah, very vanilla. plain. That's, that's fine. I mean, that's less like. I started trying to do the math on, like, would that cake kill someone falling from that height? Because, like, they're very. <laughs> they can be very yeah. dense and heavy, but. Well, it's somebody it's, a concussion, it's, at least. It's, it's fluffy. It's a fluffy cake. Okay. It's moist and <laughs> There'll be some and... big layers on top, too, yeah. to even yeah. the weight out, so to speak, right? There's, like, no people figures on the top, so there's no, like, missile projector <laughs> could poke eyes out. I just love how you get that moment of, like, oh, good, you know, they actually saved the cake. It's all right. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the stilt man falls, and it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, man. And up it oh. goes and turns yeah. in a perfect circle and that. And doesn't fall apart in air, like none of the pieces right. go. <laughs> yeah. Magically. <laughs> Fake cake. As someone who has had cakes rebel against them, that's not what would happen. No. <laughs> no. I mean, you can you can see that a lot of the stuff that is shown there is fake. You can actually see that. And that's okay, too. Because it's a children's movie. <laughs> exactly. I was trying to figure out if they, like, why... They decided to jump on the table and run across the table. <laughs> yes. Like, was it just there's too many people and it was too packed, like, with to get around the park? Or, like, was it just for dramatic effects to run across and, you know, ruin everybody's meal? And not only that, like, all the kids jump on the table, not just Benny and the Beast, like, all right. the kids. And it's like, okay. <laughs> See, that's ridiculous. I like your point of... Benny doesn't want to have to deal with dodging and weaving people. He just yeah. wants a straight shot across Which the I park. I could see that. But the kids, they're a, they're a mess. Like, people will get out of their way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, everyone at that founder's picnic seems to have, like, something in their, in, in their drinks that makes them sleepy and non-reacting because <laughs> no one does anything. No. I mean, they're... They are running. They have their feet in their dinner. and <laughs> <laughs> I think they do. I th- I know we see one guy because he's wearing like a backward baseball cap. And I'm like, hi, time traveler from 1992. <laughs> 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 I guess they figured it was cl- or maybe those hats did exist in the uh, in the 60s. I don't know. But I do kind of get I'm willing to give them the pass of the shock of oh, my yeah. like you just. You just push just back happened? from the table, which we see them, and be like, yeah, exactly. Like, they're just looking at you like, what just happened? What is going on here? <laughs> but yeah, the fact that they're still sitting there when the other kids come through. Like, actually mouth open. Yeah. <laughs> which is why I love I love the reactions of the pool. We get another The Beast POV, dog POV, and we get one of my <laughs> most quoted movie lines of all time. Not something I bet you thought you were going to see from The Sandlot, <laughs> but when he goes... Ooh, a big doggy. Yeah, that <laughs> kid that. is so precious. <laughs> mommy, yeah. mommy, a doggy. Ooh, a big doggy. Yeah. <laughs> and at first watching that part, the group like stops right when they're outside the pool. And at first I was like, oh, maybe they were like, wait, we're banned. Yes. 
But then <laughs> Benny comes out and it's like, oh, they're just, you know, that's a meeting point where they run across each other. But I was like, I thought they realized, like, we can't. <laughs> or banned. We're not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> we can't go in there. At least the pool honeys, they do react. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. So they, they do react. They go through the pool. And then Benny's saying, like, meet at the sandlot. And Squints is like, shortcut. And I'm like, why doesn't Benny take the shortcut? Yeah. Like, yeah. Or at this point, throw the ball to somebody else and keep going. Right. Like. I'm so confused. <laughs> or maybe just jump in the water. Yeah. I have a lot of questions that really coalesced. Just a little bit further on in the sequence when Benny lands back in the yard. And I was like, what is your plan, sir? I know you're a child and you're yeah. making this up as you go along. But what what are you hoping to achieve here, Mr. Rodriguez? That's true. So basically he's backed himself into a corner in the sandlot. So. Yeah, he's back at square one. <laughs> yeah. You know, another thing when um, Small's mom tells him, I want you to get into trouble. A little bit. Not too much, but a little bit. I wonder if two weeks later after this, she gets the, the bill. Check for that cake cost fifty dollars. All the all the, mm, the window, etc., etc., etc. Because nothing ever seems to happen after a scene like that. No one is mad at the kids. No one, uh, no consequences no one seems to whatsoever. Chase after them to see who be- who the yeah. dog belongs to. Right. They all know the dog, probably. Yeah. Well, and like some things I've learned from just life, then <laughs> things that you know happen when you're younger it's like you you know your parents you wait till you're in in your like 30s or 40s and you're like hey did we ever tell you that this and this happened like (laughs) you have that you have to have that buffer you know to be like it's so funny now you wouldn't have thought it was funny (laughs) like right back then (laughs) we've had many stories like that and you know we we had to pay for all the hot dogs we never told you (laughs) (laughs) I just got told that with my aunt she visited my new house and I was like, oh, but we're on a busy road. You know, I worry. And she goes, there were railroad tracks near her house. And she goes, I told you all not to go there. I knew you did. And recently, <laughs> all your cousins have one, each one like separately has confessed that, yeah, we went down by the railroad track. <laughs> She's like, it just happens. You'll survive. I was like, yeah. you or knew not. about that? <laughs> and if you don't survive, you never know. <laughs> good point good point the, when when benny is running across the field and especially when hercules catches like his jersey in his mouth and rips it and he goes oh and like f- almost falls backwards yeah. obviously he doesn't fall backwards he's still running all i could think of is that that joke where everyone you know younger too young to have been there is like this is our vietnam for things that clearly are not vietnam and i was like <laughs> this is this is benny's vietnam right here <laughs> Even get like that, you know, shot of his face and egg, you know, yep. agony. He's I'm like going oh. down. <laughs> it does take a lot. I mean, if I, you know, I'd be like, oh, you know, he keeps on going. He keeps on running. He doesn't even yep. stop to be like, ah. I mean, got it's probably his only, uh, his only jersey, like with his name that on sweet it. Sweet jersey. Yeah, that's a good jersey. He goes over back, probably gets the wind knocked out of him, but he oh gets my gosh, pretty yeah. quickly. <sighs> yeah. And then I watch it a couple times and I would have to like do some some like JFK level analysis. I mean, the movie JFK level analysis here. (laughs) I'm pretty sure the foley they use when the when the fence falls is the same sound of an Apollo launch. 
Ah. The rumbling as, uh, that continues as the dust is going up. Not when it actually, I mean, the actual fall. Not when it actually falls. So, but, Tierney, but, Tierney's side note, check with Jim O'Kane on that one. Yeah, yes. I swear <laughs> to God. It sounds like, it sounds like the aftermath of those launches. Wow. The The rumbling part of, of when they're staring at it. Oh, yeah. No, I'm going back. Yeah. It, it definitely. Yeah. <laughs> And it's obviously, you know, an added sound <laughs> later in the studio. So they just probably just right, went to right, the right. library and were like, here's what sounds yeah, right for this scene. And like, okay. And it's probably one of those things where it's like, as a kid, you're like, yeah, it made this sound that was just like <laughs> so loud. Yeah. yeah. So that's probably that's what, you know, so as a kid, they remember. And then literally the, the dust settles. Yeah. <laughs> and just like, oh, this part every time, I swear, every time, I'm, I'm just like, <laughs> Like you hear the dog whine and you're just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it's the whole rancor death all over again. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness he's not really hurt. Yeah. We get a happier ending than the rancor, so. <laughs> Shout out to the real Book of Boba Fett, uh, Tales from Java's Palace. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, yeah, I still haven't read that. I've had it on my bookshelf like for five years now. Yeah. <laughs> still haven't read it. Oh, the story of the Rancor Keepers. Yeah. It's that- one for the ages. <laughs> so I love, I mean, Smalls is me. I am Smalls. I love that he goes, and everyone else is too in shock. He goes, and then Benny helps him because. Betty is the best. Oh, yeah. This is a great moment. So Tom Geary was talking in interviews around the anniversary and basically said what they did was, you'll notice he's looking, you know, he and the beast are looking at each other. So you don't see his left side of his face. That's because it's covered in baby food. Uh, <laughs> so the dog was smeared on his face so that the dog so would lick him. It. Okay. And then you can even see it's clearly the same shot, just they broke it up with something in between. And Tom has turned, and Smalls has turned more of his face towards the camera, and the dog is working like back by his ear. And then, literally, like as the dog trots away, he's licking his lips, like, mm. like <laughs> I just, if you've hung out with the dog, you know, like that mm-hmm. dog just had a treat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is- yeah. And just his face is great. I love his- yeah. <laughs> Smalls' reaction. He's like, oh, like, I mean, <laughs> I have a dog, and watching that makes me want to go, Ugh. I get a lot of dog kisses, but not with that much spittle. Yeah, yeah. He said, uh, the the full quote is, that dog had a field day on my face. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a dog lover, though, so it didn't really bother me, which I just just love. It is so silly and adorable, and they're so cute. And I would like to warn uh, cat owners out there, you are not free from this, by the way. My cat is taken to like, when she really wants to show she loves me, she climbs up on my chest and tries to groom me. So, <laughs> so you think by getting a cat, you're free from this situation, but not necessarily. Do you get the, my mom used to call it the exfoliation when we had a cat. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> like, you could yeah. Just like lick her face nonstop. And like, oh, God, oh, ow. I mean, ow. And then of course, cat tongues like... 
Yeah. 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 And I also always kind of want to be like, what? What is on my, what? What did I do? Why am I, why am I so intriguing to you right now? What the hell is on my face? (laughs) It's not baby food. I know that much. You're just there. (laughs) Yeah. So the beast is now their friend. And shows him their, his treasures. His treasures. Yeah. The ball hoard. Oh, the ball. Now we can play baseball forever. I love when Venny says that. Actually, I love, I hadn't noticed it before that Tommy is jumping up and down to see over the taller guys in front of him. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a little brother move of like, hey, wait, what are we all looking at? What are we all excited about, guys? (laughs) And then, of course, a little later, they know that. They will actually not need that horde because they can play ball forever because when a ball is lost, they can just knock. Yeah. Yep. And he'll oh get it for them. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, squints. <laughs> How did Mr. Myrtle not come outside at any point during this? Thank you. Especially, yeah. especially since he's such a baseball man himself. Yeah. Well, and, the, and the, he says, like, oh, so that's what all this, you're the ones that are making all this racket. So he knew something was going on because he <laughs> hears the racket. <laughs> no one can say racket like James Earl Jones. It is amazing. <laughs> like, there's the rumble on it is so good. But, like, the fence falls. Exactly. He's not, he's not at the door yeah, when they come true. up to him, like, trying to listen and figure out what's going on. Especially with that, uh, you know, post-Apollo launch sound. You know? <laughs> <laughs> How could you miss that? Right. You don't think he would have been on the porch being like who's there or something you know just- exactly yeah and then james earl jones like who's there you know, just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> ah, sorry sir <laughs> a possible explanation something that has happened to me not on this level he was asleep he did hear the racket he heard the fence roar but by the time he woke up the noise had died down and he was sitting in his bed going like did i imagine that yeah i've for- definitely done that been like did I imagine that noise? And then like an hour later, you look and you're like, oh God, like what got knocked over here? It like incorporates into your dream. Like you dream that noise, but it's really happening too. Sometimes you dream your alarm clock. Yeah. You're trying to switch it off in your dream, but not in life. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Now I just wonder because um, he's such a baseball guy that he's never been out there like listening to them i mean he can't watch them but just sitting on his porch ever i wonder it is a screened in porch i wonder if he like listens to the chatter sometimes with like an with like a nice cold iced tea yeah yeah (laughs) just sitting listening to them play he's such a mysterious figure to to the boys he has like the same reputation as his dog Mm -hmm. and he's exactly not like that so yeah i just wonder why i love that he smells the ball like not just feels it, it and then he like smells very of dog. Like dog. Yeah, it's it. like yeah. slobber and <laughs> frosty. This can't be good. <laughs> I had mentioned that we were going to talk about James Earl Jones, but really it, it's so funny because it's like, oh, what did this, what did the Sandlot mo- mean to their career? And I'm like, James Earl Jones is doing fine, man. Like, <laughs> doing fine for, yeah. he didn't, he didn't need this. <laughs> as far as I could tell, he enjoyed it. But like, it's funny because they are interviewing the writer and all the kids and they'll mention like karen allen but it's just like he's just doing his own thing but he has this whole sideline in his job of playing in baseball movies and being like this magical mystery Mm -hmm. person he's a cool guy 
I wanted to give a shout out. It's not a baseball, although Ryan played baseball in um in the Jack Ryan series in the Alec Baldwin and Harrison Ford years. He plays Admiral Greer, who is just one of the most badass characters I've ever yeah. encountered. <laughs> just so cool, but nice too. <laughs> when I remember last summer was the first time we watched Field of Dreams because we went to the uh, movie site afterward, you know, on our vacation. And I was reading up on it and, it, you know, he plays another baseball enthusiast in that. But mm-hmm. according to like IMDb, like James Earl Jones couldn't care less about baseball. Like he doesn't really particular, <laughs> particularly like baseball, but... <laughs> Did he enjoy his time at Fenway Park? I have to know. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Well, he's being pretty convincing, not being really into it. Yeah, both movies. movies. He's very convincing. (laughs) I will say, it's funny, Feel the Dreams, he has that amazing speech at the end. And someone pointed out, like, this is a pro-capitalism speech, though, weirdly. Like, it's just like how we're going to get our money. And what I love is, the first time I encountered that speech, it was not given by James Earl Jones in the movie Feel the Dreams. It was given by Pacey Witter in Dawson's Creek <laughs> when they set up a, uh, it's the it's the episode that kind of parallels Risky Business, and they set up a, um, a brothel, basically, in Dawson Leary's house, and Pacey Witter does a whole thing, like, they'll come, they won't even know why. <laughs> like, oh my. And it's about boys wanting to see girls dance, and, uh... That would have been the first time I heard that speech. And so I'm incapable Uh, of taking it seriously. I'm so sorry, pure (laughs) baseball fans. Okay, mental side note. I'm kind of disturbed. Mental note, never watch Dawson's Creek. (laughs) Yeah, I I have a hard time taking it seriously, but I do love, I love James Earl Jones and Feel the Dreams just because Mm -hmm. there's so many things in Boston that, this on Boston still look exactly the same as in that movie. <laughs> so yeah, I, Fenway I Park still has that green wall. It's bigger now. It still has that green wall, but also like when they're walking around and it's the concrete, like it still looks exactly. Oh, the same. Okay. <laughs> so I, I won't get lost because the last time I was in Boston was like 1993. So yeah. I'd say there's a lot more high rises. <sighs> the Fenway neighborhood's gotten super yuppie duppy. <laughs> Megan, <laughs> I've actually gotten lost in the Fenway neighborhood. We used to live in the Fenway neighborhood, the Fenway neighborhood. and I got lost. It is like, <laughs> it's like the developers came and like, da-da-da-da, like, like the, like the Simmons girls can't have to take the number eight bus and go through sketchy parts of town to get to Target. They could just walk to the city Target. <laughs> I love do love that Target. Matches. It's a good um, one. You know. The Fenway Park itself. <laughs> yes. You can so, still go and stand in like that same exact spot. <laughs> yes. The, 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 there's seats now behind the green monster. Yeah. There's seats um, they up added on there. Those. It's still the smallest baseball park, though, in the major leagues, right? I think so, yeah. Because they wouldn't have built a new one. <laughs> that would be smaller. Right. I think even now, if they were like, we have to build a new one, everyone would still revolt a little bit. I don't yeah. think. I don't think we're ready to let it go. We are not. I speak on, on behalf of all of Boston. I can tell you we are not. <laughs> yeah, James Earl Jones. And if you're listening to this and are confused, James Earl Jones is Darth Vader, so... <laughs> Like get excited. Uh, that's a, all the kids because this this was filmed in 1992. So all the kids had grown up with Star Wars and were like, "Oh my yeah. god, Darth Vader's in this movie!" <laughs> yeah. Well, and they get a little bit. So originally, all the guys were supposed, all the kids were supposed to go into Mr. Merle's mm-hmm. house, yeah, and return the dog. I think it's funny now that I know that. 
by the time James Earl Jones was on set, the director was like, oh, hell no, I'm not dealing with this. <laughs> Two of you. Two of you can return the dog. Everyone else stays outside. And so the way it's cut, you can even tell, like, they never... They never saw James Earl Jones. No. <laughs> they stood They stood in this corner of the yard and they said their lines and they attacked squints. <laughs> and that was that. <laughs> but yes, the whole like, why don't you just knock on the door? Oh, you it, got it for you? <laughs> it reminded me of, um, there's an episode of, sorry. The, the reason I know <laughs> what I'm about to say is coming down the stairs. There's an episode of Bluey called Ice Cream. Yes! The ice cream melts and the dad goes, well, you just learned an important life lesson. And Bluey cries, I don't want a life lesson. I just want ice cream. <laughs> a valuable life lesson. Oh, a valuable life yeah. lesson. I don't want a valuable life lesson. <laughs> but my ice cream melted. I can't. That's not fair. I can't think of anything more fair than that, kid. <laughs> Can we have your ice cream? No. <laughs> you learned a valuable life lesson. But I don't want a valuable life lesson. <laughs> yes, I tell Izzy that sometimes, my daughter, yep. who's three. Yep. <laughs> just want ice cream. That too. I'm like, I think you just learned a valuable life lesson. <laughs> I don't want a valuable life lesson. Or the other thing, which is another episode where they go to the uncle's house to swim and they don't take like sunscreen, floaties, yeah. anything Ouch. you need to they swim. They forget everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so then the mom comes and goes, Boring things are important. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I tell I tell her that too. These are great. But yeah, it especially just the way they're all like squints. How could like. <laughs> it's like, well, we got the ball back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> squints is like, focus. Focus on what's happening. <laughs> A little more, you know, slobbery and everything. But yeah. we got it back. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to learn a little bit more. I mean, it, looks, moment, it, but, it looks yeah. pretty chewed up though. Yeah. That's. I love when, um, is it Smalls or Benny who gives it to Ham and he just kind of looks down at it like, it, like there is a moment of like, ew, but also cool. <laughs> it's, it's the autograph still readable. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I'm, re- yeah. I'm holding the Babe Ruth ball, but I also kind of don't want to be. <laughs> I'd like to see. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Patrick Mayhem Sorry. going on. My kid just almost pulled down an entire artificial tree from four feet in the air. Oh my. So- <laughs> He's having the time Important of his life, life lessons. <laughs> it's in one of those it's big plastic <laughs> bags and he grabbed the corner of it. And I was like, whoa, everyone stop. Nobody move. That is, that is perfectly balanced on a shelf that is slightly too small for it. <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, yeah, I was going to, I'd like to see a cut where they just take the ball back and put it back in uh, the trophy room <laughs> just to see, like, oh. If he notices he, like, even. Yeah. yeah. We have They're debated, like, hmm. like, how much does this ball mean to Bill? <laughs> <laughs> is it this that his dad gave it to him? Is yeah. he a big baseball guy? Like, what is going on here with this ball? <laughs> Well, he has his own kind of trophy room, so... Now, you guys both watched this for the first time as adults, so you probably had very different approaches to everyone. I have to ask, um, I'll ask Megan first, but I'll ask both of you. Did you have a favorite character, and why? I kind of like Hercules. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, and it was interesting, because isn't there a saying, too, about... I kept thinking about this when I was watching it. Isn't there a saying about how you shouldn't work with children and animals? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? And so I kept thinking, like, how many times did they have to reshoot this? Not because, like, the normal, oh, the lighting wasn't right or someone flipped a line or there was some background noise that they, you know, were like, screw it, you know. But just, like, how many times did Hercules, like, pee? 
<laughs> right. Or how many times percolates was like, or oh, I didn't wine on cue. Or sniff the cans instead of going. Right. Yes. Or like, you know, <laughs> like you have to move Hercules because we have to make the, you know, the, the, you know, the fence fall, but you can't, you know, we have to move you at a certain point. Right. Like, and he's like, no, I'm, I'm standing here. Right. Like, <laughs> like, dying of heat exhaustion, apparently, which I didn't know. Right. And they're just falling left and right. Like, not to say they weren't professionals anyway. But, Although you know, that yeah, doc probably thinking, like, had a very hard time with the heat, too. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. And just like, good for that trainer. Because right? like, yeah. when you watch it, it just looks like effortless and just, oh, yeah, of course, you know, they mm-hmm. ran across the table and he made this <laughs> giant, huge leap over this giant fence, which like, can he actually do that? I don't you know. Did they like prop him up and then have him jump? <laughs> I'm just looking for the name of the actual dog that, yes, I know he was a sweetheart. We just talked about the baby food. We just talked <laughs> Because I do not recommend looking up the puppet. It's kind oh of traumatizing. Oh my gosh. Uh, so scary. <laughs> but, okay, Gunner, the canine Gunner. actor. Huh. Gunner. Purebred English Mastiff. Yeah, kind, kind, that doesn't kind of really like fit that. Good name. Yeah. Oh, and uh, there was a second, yeah, Gunner from Mountain Oaks Ranch. There were two Mastiffs, but they said Gunner is the one who hoarded the baseball. So I'm assuming he shows <laughs> him the treasure here, thwarted the gang schemes, and chased Benny. Oh. Okay. Gunner was said to be a natural entertainer, according to his Aww. owner. <laughs> oh. So he had a good, good time. Boy. He had a good time. But I like Smalls, too. Smalls is good, good if here. If I had to pick a human character, which I'm hmm. assuming is what you really wanted. <laughs> I'm happy to talk about the big doggy all day. Oh, me too. Um, <laughs> how about you, Doris? Who did you love watching the most? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's Smalls as well. Because he's like the, well, the geek who's like, who wants to, to fit in and who's not really athletic, but he'd like to be. I can relate to, to his character most. Spoiler alert for the next episode of this podcast, but how adorable is it that Smalls is like, I'm not actually good at baseball. I'm just going to do the announcing now. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and further spoiler alert, the hat. The hat. He still has it. He didn't put it in the fireplace. I did not know that. And then I was like, ah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, a a lot of the things with... um, him arriving at the stadium and the beginning of the movie reminded me so much of American Graffiti. I mean, that mm-hmm. movie could be like the daytime show. American Graffiti yeah. is the nighttime show. It's like the the younger <laughs> siblings. They're both in 62, so it could both be. Both summer yeah. 62. Same yeah. summer. They're like the younger siblings of the older guys. As soon exactly. as the sun goes oh, down, the, the cars come out. I love yeah. this thought. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the beginning of when he walks into the stadium and everything is still empty and, and, and quiet. So much of that high school scene, mm. like reminiscing. Like walking around, yeah. yeah. In, the, in the quiet. I think it's the quiet in an area that is usually psychotically busy. Yeah. <laughs> I just thrown out, I just watched um, Rebel Without a Cause for the first time recently and the scenes of them like crushing into the high school, even though it's 55 and I'm just like, oh my God, I kind of, And this is my own bias. I had forgotten how much of high school you spent crushed in hallways of everyone moving. (laughs) And the minute I saw the minute I saw that scene, it all came flooding back. And it was (laughs) very weird to like watch them doing that. But they're wearing like suits and ties and dresses and, you know, like it's 1955. But 
<laughs> it's still the same thing. You know, you expect one of the kids to like moo as a joke as they go through a doorway. And <laughs> I mean, I have that experience every day of my working yeah, life. So- yeah, that's true. <laughs> I realized you probably didn't forget about that. <laughs> Never. But but there there is something about an empty hallway and then in a baseball an empty baseball stadium. It it just is such a such a I don't want to say creepy. It's cool, but like such an eerie vibe. Mm, yeah. So that is the end is uh, with Mr. Myrtle. And then we'll continue with him next time. And we'll get the the bookend. Literal. <laughs> <laughs> the movie end. <laughs> Did either of you guys have like anything else about the Sandlot you wanted to talk about? Anything you were like, oh, my God, this is my chance to say. And it's fine if the answer is no. <laughs> no. Just, it's a nice, enjoyable Sunday afternoon movie. Get some popcorn. That's great. I'm going to give you guys a chance to plug anything you've been on or that you think other people should know about. Doris, I'm going to switch back to asking you first. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm still going to plug American Graffiti Minute. It's still on the air if you want to. I mean, it's completed. There's nothing new Mm -hmm. coming, but you can listen to all the episodes. So you can still find them out there. You can still find it on Facebook, even though... Like, Mel's listener driving is really, really quiet right now, but <laughs> we're there. We're there. That happened. And I, I always get excited every so often. Something in an old Facebook podcast group will activate and, like, I'll get yeah. a notification. It's like, Me oh, too. my God. Like, it's such a p- pleasant surprise. Yeah. Like, <laughs> someone posted something and, like, returned to Oz the other day. It's like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> even the, the MASH Minute post award lights up every now and then so unfortunately most recently when actors pass away but yes oh, <laughs> all right yeah. Sally Kellerman unfortunately <laughs> we're in that phase um Megan how about you <laughs> I'm gonna plug Silverado minute because we just did that and and also visit your public library as I oh yes too. great for public libraries it's okay to ask us about that blue book you read about three years ago we might actually <laughs> yeah. be able to figure it out yeah I've had that happen Sometimes I can't because that's all you know. You're like, it was blue. I'm like, anything else? And you're like, nope. I'm like, well, sorry. It's like a magic power I love to have when I'm like, just tell me a little bit about it. And it's like, yeah, sometimes if you tell me just a little bit about it, like even like fiction, nonfiction is helpful, we might be able to suss it out, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Actually, I'll very quickly share one of my favorite stories because I was about Smalls' age when the first part of it happened of my local library was right nearby. My grandmother had worked there in the past, so she like knew everybody. And there was a book that I remembered loving and I took it out over and over again and I read it so many times, but I couldn't remember what it was called. And as an adult, I was like, oh, I'd really love to check that out and and see what it is. And I remembered it was a mystery. And I could remember where it had been on the shelves in, like, 1993 when this movie <laughs> came out. They had since renovated and moved and shifted oh. everything. But they found one of the librarians, when I told her what shelf it was on back when I was a kid, was able to figure out where it was. And we found That's the amazing. book. It was, <laughs> it was so cool. Librarians so are really superheroes, yeah. Yes. It was like, oh my god! And it was one of those things. Like, I told, I told her straight up. I was like, I know this is the longest shot in the world because I have no idea what it was called, yeah. who it was by, anything like that. But I was like, it would have been right about here, and we actually were able to find That's it. That's awesome. That sounds like me because I have this book I I read as like a kid, and 
I'm still trying to figure out what it was. <laughs> I I remember a little bit of what the book was about, but I'm like, when I tell people, they think I'm crazy. So I just, <laughs> it, it will happens, never be solved. Man. It happens. So uh, yeah, shout out to the superheroes librarians. Shout out to the superheroes podcasters. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we'll reconvene. I was just going to say, as of this recording, celebration because baseball is going to happen. Yes! <laughs> A little later, but it will happen. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone who told us that us doing a baseball podcast jinxed the season. Oh, no. Can I it? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, yeah, if you want to, you know, watch real baseball and then come back for some more baseball, you can come back and watch or listen to The Sandlot nine minutes at a time. self-destruct. You heard it hit the hull, and I was never here.